Welcome to the Peachtree Podcast. Peachtree Learning Center is a nonprofit in Middle Tennessee dedicated to training and discipling students in all the fine arts to become excellent and skilled in order to spread the kingdom of God into the world of the arts. On this podcast, we will discuss topics designed to encourage, uplift, educate, and equip people to proclaim the kingdom more deeply in their own families and communities. So I'm going to welcome everyone today to our Peace Tree podcast. Um, we have a very exciting guest with us today um, in the in the course of Peace Tree's history that I've been associated with them. Um, God brings along people um, who are of like mind and similar, um, just similar ideas and thoughts um, from time to time and people that you admire from afar. And then every once in a while you get to come in contact with one. And so I'm very excited to share this time with Carolyn Weber, um, who's uh, just a fantastic author and super person already. Um, just uh, feel kindred spirits with her. So welcome, Carolyn, to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Tabitha. That's lovely. I feel a kindred spirit as well. And what a delightful introduction. Thank you. Yes. Well, you're very <laughs> welcome. It's been super fun to get to just know you a little bit first on email and then um, a great conversation. I was standing in our local bookshop and had a great conversation um, the first time we got to talk. And so it's been really fun to get to know you already a little bit. I think you've already made contact with Jolena Petersheim, who's going to be here also for the workshop. She said y'all had connected on social media. She's very excited about meeting you too. I think you're going to be a super encouragement to oh. everyone that comes. So I'm very blessed by the fact that you were willing to come out to our space and share what some of some of your experiences and what you know to be true about being a good reader and a good a good writer, obviously. Um, and, and I think today's topic I'd like to talk about is really more about on the reading perspective. Um, I think something that we've noticed a lot at Peachtree, even among um, homeschoolers and, and intentional parents in general, is kind of a, a, a maybe a it's a little bit hard in this day and age to focus on reading as um, a what's the word, a general pursuit. I feel like it's it's lost something of value along the way, even since I was a child. When I was a child, we went to the library continually. It was like a every two weeks, it wasn't even a negotiable thing. And nowadays people go to the library, but they come away with things that are not very creative, not informative stuff that just kind of is like brain candy, I guess I would describe mm -hmm. it. That way. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that out there. And so um, kind of to combat that, we started what's now become a lobby library. And we had one little bookshelf with some donated books that we sort of curated and pulled out titles that we thought would be great um, historical context books or great empathizing type stories, books that we knew were really um, nourishing. I'll say it that way. Mm. It's grown into a, we've got like three huge shelves of picture books and small children's um, chapter books, and then all the way up to high school. And we have some great um, resource books on there now, but it's, it's, um, always kind of humbling to hear people come in and say, I don't like to go to the public library because there's so much junk there, but I don't know what to look for. Mm. I, I wanted to ask you um, to talk a little bit about how good reading differs from just reading books and just reading for the sake of reading is different from like actually nourishing your soul and spirit with good books. Mm -hmm. I know you, that's a topic that you've already explored on some deep levels. And if you have just a few, maybe concise thoughts today about that, I'd love to hear them. Well, it is such a great question because I do believe we are what we read really, you know, I mean, it's a different form of nourishment and yet it's a tightrope with children, isn't it? Or younger readers, because you want to be able to get their attention and hold their attention. And they're going to be all different stripes of, of interest. Um, I'm trying to homeschool teenage boys myself and they read really differently from, you know, my college age girl that devours everything. So it's, it's never easy for um, a mom to navigate that. But, uh, but I think reading 
I really agree with what C.S. Lewis talks about, you know, the idea that reading helps us enter other lives, lots of other minds without losing our own, without, you know, or helps us with our own sense of self and our own sense of identity. And it builds um, compassion and vocabulary and insight and, you know, in that really important thing that story does, which is why the word is made flash, that incarnation that we're able to enter other things, other ways of being. We know that people actually register as more compassionate after even just reading a list of metaphors mm. than they did beforehand. Mm-hmm. So there's something really powerful about, about the reading process, but reading well. And I think what I mean by that is, you know, discerning, of course, as Christians, we're often thinking about um, what leads to fruits of the spirit. So I always lead toward the classics in that end, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, you know, what's um, they have stood, withstood the test of time. They get us to ask the big questions of ourselves that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not saying that there aren't good modern books, but I also agree with Lewis that if you must read a modern book, you know, you should read, you know, um, for every new one, you should read, uh, you know, three old. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. But I think, um, yeah, I think having that sense of choosing something that gets uh, gets yourself thinking and questioning and inviting. And again, that's hard age appropriate wise to discern, but filling ourselves with just sort of things that don't push us to um, ask questions about ourselves or to enter into another one, another world imaginatively um, you know, is, uh, is, remains very much at the superficial level, doesn't mm-hmm. encourage us to grow in that way. Right. I, I, I go back a lot, um, in my own mind uh, to the idea that when God wanted to communicate with us for all time, that's what he gave us. He gave us a book and so mm-hmm. he can give it to us in a bullet form and he didn't mm-hmm. give it to us on one tablet and he didn't give it to us as a set of rules. He gave it to us as a book full of stories. And he obviously built us to communicate with each other that way and to communicate with him by entering into story, which is, which is kind of a slice of how he operates. You see that throughout scripture. And Mm -hmm. um, I was always kind of panicked when one of my children didn't want to read much because I would think how, how will she get to know the Lord if she doesn't understand how to read a good book and understand and ask questions of the text and go analyze it and think it through, um, but you know, we we landed in a good spot. And but I, I know that's all that's all um on your mind as a as a parent. You you really want your children. And if and I think I know myself, I had panic moments of I'll just give her the bullet, I'll just give her the cliff notes version. She just had <laughs> but there's right. you know, and, and that sometimes that works, but I, you know, mm-hmm. on, a, on a bigger level, I um it also is a temptation, I know, to just give in and say, you know what, just read this really cute comic book or get mm-hmm. the cliff notes and read the, you know, and I did that some in my own high school walk and so wish I had not because I missed out on some great stories that I never came back around and read till I was a homeschool mom and thought, oh, that's actually a great book. I should have read that myself. And I picked it up and read it before my kids did or mm-hmm. my kids did. I was mm-hmm. reading along with them because I just didn't take the time to to do that. And now on a deeper level, how nourishing that was for myself to be able to go back and read some older books, pull out the dictionary if I had to, you know, just make myself charge through it. But what a powerful tool it is to go enter into somebody else's world from a different time and Mm -hmm. how they they thought and the similarities and also the differences. And are those good? And why did those have to change? And there's just all Mm -hmm. sorts of, it's kind of like a dog on a bone, all sorts of nourishment to be had and chewing on those things. Mm -hmm. In a sustained way, you know, when you're, when you're reading a longer work, you know, so much of our society, our culture is so fast paced Mm -hmm. and we're always distracted and we're just holding attention for a short amount of time. So cultivating the ability to be sustained in a book and to look forward to reading more chapters the next day. And, you know, to think about the arc of the story, this is why I think the Bible is so foundational, not only obviously for the gospel and and for how 
how our stories each fit in there, but because there's little stories, as you were talking about, but they're also, you know, embedded within a big story. So you have shorter stories that can keep, you know, people's attention, but you also see how they're at work in a larger story. Um, I grew up with the bookmobile, you know, that would, <laughs> the books, the library that was, you know, in motion that came and you're right, there was something so delightful and exciting about that. But this idea of like being able to remain in sustained story, mm-hmm. um, I, I really agree with Vegan Gorian, you know, the the children's literature um, academic scholar who's talked about how reading for children helps them develop the moral imagination. And so when we enter into a story and we're able to read it in a sustained way, I mean, fairy tales show us this too, but something more than just, you know, a quick TikTok it allows us to really understand that good and evil exist. You know, they really exist. And how do we navigate our worlds with um, with morality and with ethics and um, with virtue and, and beauty and hope and truth? And those things come from cultivating the imagination and from being sustained in story. Would you also think about the idea, or uh, well, let me ask you this way. How, what do you think about the idea that thinking about things quickly causes us to lose the nuances and maybe see things more black and white. We look at people, I think a lot of times, and we see them as fully good or fully bad. And nobody, I believe, is fully good or fully bad. Like there's there's definitely redemption power in every person. He's planted that in us. But I think in today's culture of constantly feeling like we have to weigh in on everything with quick opinions and not mm-hmm. getting to the heart of a matter, we tend to lose our empathy for humanity? Is that? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Or maybe a way to think of it. Because I, I, I do think that, you know, cartoons and things like that have their place, you know, Calvin Hobbes and, you know, the, they do have their place. But you're right. When you have a longer story you can enter into and you're able to look at the nuances of human behavior mm-hmm. um, and the consequences of actions, you're right. Sometimes I think we're so focused on the present that we don't think of the consequences, which is also at the heart of something like the concept of sin and redemption, mm-hmm. you know, that we can make a choice in one moment, but we don't actually understand how that choice might play out. So perhaps there's a reason for obedience mm-hmm. um, that we don't always see in the moment. And that's, the, you know, of course, the back the background to a concept like faith and the, and believing in the things that trusting in things we can't see. So when you get to the end of a novel, for example, and you've, and there's a sense of accomplishment, I think for a reader, a young reader, but there's also this way in which, in which many things can kind of settle and you begin to realize that characters have many facets to them. They're complex, they're human as we are, that these snap judgments, um, you know, no one is what, what they seem to be when you first meet them and we don't know what everyone's carrying and the and the loads they're bearing and and also how we are thinking through ideas ourselves as we're developing and so having reading is a relationship mm-hmm. you know and um if you don't invest a time you don't have a relationship with anyone or anything it's true that's a good way to put it that's very thoughtful i i like that reading is a relationship i need a t-shirt with that on it <laughs> Friends who've been dead for hundreds of years. <laughs> that's great. So, um, thank you for that. I, I think that that's a taste of kind of what we want to cover in that first hour of our time together on Saturday the seventeenth. Is I would love for you to expand those ideas and kind of flesh out more of that idea of good reading and why it's important to just pick a pick a like a smorgasbord and, and it's it's almost like feed, like filling your plate with food. You don't want it to all be the same color. You, you don't want to do that with your reading life either. You want to have mm flavor assortment. So you get mm-hmm. a slice of everything. So I'd mm-hmm. love, I'd love to speak to him. I know you'll, you'll talk about more about that in more depth later. And, um, and so switch gears with me just a little bit, because I'm not going to get to talk about this a lot on the 17th, but I loved the movie of your book. 
Oh, I loved your book you. first. I read the whole book, of course. And then when I saw that it was going to be a movie, I was super thrilled. And oh. I really loved that. But you got to go be with them on set and you went to Oxford and and you were there for most of the filming, for some of the filming, or how did that mm-hmm. work? For part of the filming, it was actually a real treat. Um, they flew my husband and I out to join them on set, uh, which was really nostalgic and lovely. And actually, the same day that they filmed the cameo was our anniversary. Aww. So we couldn't have timed that. So that was also a great gift. Um, you can't make these things up. So that was really neat. I was I was in the same place I had been many years ago when I was first thinking about the faith for myself. Same room, same building, everything. So awesome. that was a delight. That's precious. It was a beautiful movie. I don't know. I wasn't familiar with, um, I think it's Ryan Whitaker who made the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, his work in film before that, but he did a great job. It was really well. It was just beautiful. Oh, he's very, very talented. And I appreciated his discernment with the screenplay and sensitivity around things when you're, you know, filming memoir and that as well. But he's also a beautiful writer mm-hmm. and he sees um, he sees film as, as, a, as a full art story, as a, as a way of telling story. Right. Um, as really films a form of stained glass in a sense. Mm, that's a good thought. Yes, it's I, I'm a big movie person, too. So I love seeing good good adaptations that was a was yeah. a really beautiful it was a beautifully shot maybe it was beautiful of course Thank i'm sure you. oxford lends itself to that already it does yeah. it was it was really handy to have it as its own character <laughs> so. very very great um idea to be able to or i guess a great privilege to get to film there i would think ryan always jokes that you can't make oxford look bad so it's no, sort of a, a safeguard it's a <laughs> <laughs> so you have um you said you have two uh, tw- you have twin boys right Yes, I have four children and I have twins, twin boys in the middle. Okay. And so how's your youngest child now? He's uh, just turned 11 and he's a boy. So I have an older girl that's about to head to college, start the college path and um, twin boys, like all twins, I guess, that are very, very different um, and in their tastes and things like that. And then the little um, surprise menopause baby. bring up the rear they're all very different so I really empathize with anyone homeschooling trying to appeal to lots of different appetites and attention spans and you know uh, distractions well we're looking forward to having your daughter here with you that weekend so that'll be a, a lot of fun for us to get to meet her too and um, oh, thank you and that'll be a, a, a big encouragement to a lot of people to have you here and um, we're super excited about you being here with us so thank you very much for taking time out today to talk with us and just give us a little taste of what we can expect more of that day thank you Thank you so much. We're really excited to come see you. We're very excited about it too. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. To support this podcast, please go follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're interested in knowing more about the work of Peachtree, please go visit our website at peachtreelearningcenter.com for more information.